Welcome to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. 2018 was a very busy year on the economic development front for the city of Fishers. Now, during that year, Brandon Dickinson, the head of economic development for the city, moved to northern Indiana, and Megan Bumgartner was appointed director of economic development. I spoke with Megan Bumgartner during the morning of Thursday, February 21st. I'm at Fisher City Hall, and I'm with Megan Bumgartner. Megan is the Director of Economic Development for the City of Fishers. She has been on one of my podcasts before when she started as the Assistant Director working under Brandon Dickinson. Brandon's moved on. You've just recently been announced as the Director of the Department. So, Megan, welcome. It's great to have you back. Thank you. Um, and you, a lot has happened since you came here. Yes. Was it two and a half years ago? Over three and a half years three ago. Three and a half years ago. Yeah. I was a little, okay, I was a little off there. Well, congratulations on your, you. your new appointment. Uh, so here's how I'm going to start this off. Just kind of compare and contrast your experiences as the assistant to the director. Now that, what's uh, compare and contrast what it's like to be the director of economic sure. development. Um, so our department really has changed our shape and form a little bit as I was promoted to the director position. So before there were three of us: um, Brandon as the director, myself as the assistant director, and then we had um, Tim Grapp was the assistant director for a while, and then when he left and went to Speedway, we hired a new specialist, A.J. Bittner. Um, So I joke all of this change happened while I was on maternity leave, but A.J. left. Um, So then when I came back and Brandon had announced that he was leaving, um, there were just the two of us, and then we hired Jordan Alexander, our new specialist. Um, So with Brandon's departure and my promotion to the director, now it's just a department of two, and I think that that's how it'll remain for a while. Um, so it's doing the work of three people with two of us. Um, it's definitely taken more of a development focus for me. So previously, I was just mostly involved in the business interaction, the attraction, expansion, retention aspect, and would get involved in some of the development projects when they were related to a company doing that project themselves. So, um, But getting more involved in the multifamily projects, the yard, Um, and in those day-to-day conversations and incentive negotiations. So it's been, I've loved every moment of being in Fishers because I've learned something new every day in both of my roles. Um, But now especially it's um, the... The analogy of drinking from a fire hose is so accurate right and now. And <laughs> you, you did say, you did say that when you were new as the assistant. I, I, I know we did. Now you're drinking out of a different fire hose. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it seems like the stream is a little bit stronger this time, but it's still really fun. I uh, you mentioned Tim Gropp, and mm-hmm. even though Tim is now working in Speedway, he still lives here. He I, does. I, I still see him now and then. I always get jealous when he goes on social media and shows videos when he's at the at track. Speedway, yes. Um, yeah, he. we don't have one of those in Fishers, unfortunately. But he has said, um, he's been very kind to say, well, I, I probably know somebody if you guys want to come out to the track for yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to contact you him. You should. So. <laughs> Tim, if you're listening. I've I just, may get a hold of Tim. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and but it, no, and I also just read the just yesterday, I think, on uh, one of the news uh, news feeds on on the specialize in in business uh, activities locally, 
that a local company, Rebar, is developing in downtown Speedway. Yeah, that's right. Um, Rebar actually just moved into their new headquarter office in um, the Braden building and on the first floor there. So they've done really well um, since they started, I think, about a year and a half ago. You know, you I, I would have to say, since you have come to the city and started working in economic development here, um, it's been pedaled to the metal. Yes. I mean, it's uh, been straight ahead, and the mayor and, and you as part of his staff working in economic development have had a lot to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to probably drill down into some more detail later, but in general, talk about the big project you've worked on and some of your memories of that. Um, so really, I think the first big project we got involved in was um, – the Braden building. I think we might have even had a meeting about that on our very or on my very first day at the city. Um, so it's been really rewarding seeing that building come to fruition, working on putting amazing tenants in there like Vibonomics, um, and then developing a great partnership with the Bradens. Um, same thing with the Four Day Ray building um, and the brewery and restaurant there, and really everything. It's it's pretty incredible that I can drive around with my family and my husband and say, and, and he'll ask me, you know, well, what's going on there? I didn't realize that this building was up already. What is it? Um, and be able to say, oh yeah, that's so-and-so that um, I think I talked to you about this particular part of it at one time. Um, I've, I, I might've even shared this story on the first podcast, but on my first day, we have sales prospect meetings with the mayor pretty much every week where we get updated on projects. And so as we were running through the lead sheet, one was called Project Hoosier. And it was 350,000 square feet, 500 jobs. And I'm like, what is this? And um, So you have code names for them? Oh, just yeah. Like the CIA. Goes. Absolutely. <laughs> um The mayor it, thinks it's like so silly that economic development has code names, but it, it's a thing. Um, and I'm like, well, what's Project Hoosier? And he was like, so you can't tell anyone about this. And if it gets out, you'll probably lose your job. The city will get sued and we won't get this incredible investment. This is why the, you don't talk to reporters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I go, you know, I'm like, okay, what is it? He's like, it's Ikea. And I was like, oh my, oh gosh. my gosh. So I was and I'm a huge Ikea fan, so I was so excited. And I literally was so scared, though, that I didn't even tell my husband for, like, three months. And I finally, like, <laughs> I think we had the date set of the announcement. And I went home that night, and I was like, Jeff, I have something to admit. Ikea is coming. And I was expecting his level of excitement to, like, match mine. And he was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> I've kept this a secret from you for months. Why – no, this is really big. And he was like, yeah, it's it's cool, but you didn't need to be worried about like keeping it a secret from me. I was like, man, well, the climax of that with him was not what I anticipated, but it was... Well, I can tell you a really funny story slightly related to that because uh, the school board was also in, uh, given a heads up mm-hmm. uh, before, uh, before IKEA announcement was made. And I was at a school board meeting I think there was a, a heads up given to the media like very late that night, okay, like, yes. like 11 o'clock or yes. something. But this meeting happened before that. And the school board members, 
she didn't say it was Ikea. Yes. But she really let it out of the bag. Oh, it's a big retail. I thought, it's got to be Ikea. It couldn't be anything yes. else. So, you know, I'm, I'm this nosy reporter. I'm on the phone and trying to figure this out. And, you know, I wasn't going to report this unless I could actually get it nailed down. Right. I didn't have it. I mean, I had, okay, it's a big retail. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of narrows it down. And I don't think she understood what kind of tip-off she was giving me. I, I don't think remember it was any, that. I don't think there was any other report. You remember that? Really? I, well, I remember um, it because I think somebody started posting it maybe on like a Facebook group or something about a school board member sharing that piece yeah. of information. Oh, and I rem- there was a social media post. I did see that as well. Yeah. And they were just being speculative, saying, well, right. could it be Ikea? And I'm thinking, okay, we're all on the same page here. But it was when I was trying to dig this out that – the heads up came to the media and okay it's sure. all out and everybody knows it's and, and and i must say about ikea those people know how to roll out an op- a, a, a big announcement because yes. they totally took over the city council <laughs> yeah. chambers i never seen it like that it was really neat uh, it was like wow i feel like i've gone into another world it's and even true. for people like yourself and your pr staff here i'm sure they were blown away by, yeah by how it was they pretty that. incredible because i mean they had blacked out all of the windows mm-hmm. into city hall mm-hmm. and it was quite a production but um what's so awesome about them is they're such a large corporation but i have and the city has such a great one-on-one relationship with them um I feel like we're able to bring ideas to them. And even though they are such a huge international company, they're very nimble and have a lot of um, a lot of ability internally to make decisions and work on partnerships and um, different programs that we're doing. So it's been incredible working with them. Yeah, I, I just uh, I, I do remember several several times I would talk to people I know in Carmel. And, uh, you know, they would razz, uh, I, I, we would go back and forth about Carmel and Fishers, this little, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a friendly uh, you know, kind of uh, rivalry, if you will, <laughs> just about everything, sports and everything else. Sure. And whenever the conversation ends, they always look at me and said, yeah, we have all this, but you got Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> like, they will never forget that. <laughs> uh, let me move on here. Um, and you've already alluded to this, and and I know... Um, that uh, if you were working on something now, you couldn't tell me. Mm-hmm. You couldn't tell the public it's on true. this podca- podcast because confidentiality is very important in the work that you mm-hmm. do. But I want to ask you sort of a general, generic question. Uh, if I'm ABC Widget Company, I made that up, uh, and I come to you and say, I'd love to locate here. I've got mm-hmm. these jobs. Uh, maybe it's an office. Maybe it's a factory. I mean, you've got vacant space here or there. Or maybe I could build here or there. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. Once I make that contact, how does the city swing into action looking at it, evaluating? Because I know from talking to the mayor that you know, not everybody that walks in gets a, okay. Sometimes it's like, well, thank you, but you don't really fit into our vision. So, sure. so tell me how the city staff, along with the mayor and, and the whole mechanism, begins to evaluate somebody like the ABC Widget Company sure. wanting to locate in Fishers. Yeah, so we really take a unique approach for each company that we work with. Um, I think that the companies that we get most excited about are the ones who want to be part of the culture. They've decided that they want to come to Fishers because they see that there's something exciting here. They want to get plugged in and and add to that culture and the story. Um, So typically, it usually would start around um, real estate. So it comes down to if they're building something or leasing something and 
a huge part of our world is um, having that connection to the brokers and the um, building owners and fishers. So we try and have a really good handle on what's available, what's vacant, what's coming up next. Um, or we know somebody's willing to sell, but they haven't listed it. Um, so we serve as a resource for them as well. Or if a company is already working with a broker, we'll facilitate that um, that connection as well. Um, so definitely real estate plays a big part of that. So office space um, in the nickel plate district is a little bit limited. So it's looking at different areas and fissures, what's important to them. Is it 69 visibility? Is it um, access to the interstate or someplace near the yard or in the nickel plate district where people can walk around to different restaurants and shops? Um, So helping them identify that. And then if it's an incentive request, um, we don't have a specific matrix or equation if you hit x amount of jobs and x amount of wages then you get we have a formula for incentives um it really is based off of i mean wages number of employees and investment are obviously the three main indicators but um again it's the type of industry that they're in and what they're excited about bringing to fishers and being a part of in fishers so um we also try and be pretty unique about that. Um, each community in Indiana pretty much has the same toolbox that we can use of traditional abatements or TIF. Um, in Fishers, we have impact fees, so those will come up when we talk about new developments. Um, but since workforce is beginning to, I mean, not even beginning, it is such an important topic in economic development and really the leading driver of site selection decisions. Um, trying to be a step ahead and how we can be creative to help address some of those issues for companies. Um, so if it's some sort of grant program that we work out with them, um, we just really try to make it one-on-one and customizable to address their true needs. The best type is when someone comes to us and they're like, okay, yes, we want to be in Fishers. We've gotten to this point. Here's the gap that I have. Is the city able to do anything to help us address that? Um, and to your point, sometimes it's not the right fit. It's the wages are too low. It's um, the investment isn't qualified. Um, so there's lots of different ways that we approach each project. Yeah, the mayor, when I spoke to him, uh, I think earlier this year, he said, okay, we're getting the real estate in place we, you know, with, the, with the new downtown mm-hmm. project that's just recently been announced late last year. And then again, you have a lot of open space uh, that is available uh, in some of the buildings around town. He, his point to me was, I think jobs and growing jobs in the in mm-hmm. the city will be his focus uh, in the coming year, which which fits right into what you are saying. Definitely. One company that uh, the mayor likes to talk about is Jobvite. Yes. Now, Jobvite's a California company, but they have quite a presence here. Talk they do. talk about what they do, and, and that kind of fits into what you were just saying. Sure. So. Um we love Job Bite's story. They are headquartered in San Francisco and um, decided that they wanted to set up a location, a regional location in the Midwest. And um, Andre Boulay was here and kind of started operations out of Launch Fishers. Um, they've continued growing. And since I think that's the model of central Indiana of Indiana has been super compelling to them of being able to find great talent. It's affordable, affordable for people to live here and make a living here. Um, 
the the pipeline and the connections to different clients has been amazing for them. So they, um, and I'll, pro- I'll probably butcher this completely, but they are a, an HR recruiting software platform. Um, so they work with different companies who are trying to, to find candidates. Um, and they actually just recently announced, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, that they were purchased and um, acquired another local Indianapolis company. So that, I think, is something that we found is a really compelling strategy for us. Um, we actually just were on a call with Indie Partnership yesterday um, looking at how do we how do we replicate that model if uh, this seems to be um, a really good success story for us um, love which is an indianapolis company they just announced their relocation of headquarters from arizona to downtown indy um, so how can we replicate that how can we kind of capture that in a bottle and um, present ourselves as a great place for that um, instead of making ourselves be I mean, we're never going to be Silicon Valley in terms of the topography and um, the weather, (laughs) but there is so much here that's compelling for businesses and talent. Um, How can we tell that story? Yeah, I guess Jobvite, uh, to put it simply, is just a high-tech way of matching up uh, employees Mm -hmm. and employers. Is that a... Um, Yeah, it's the platform that, and it's got algorithms behind it, so Mm -hmm. um, it's... Using technology in a special way, I guess, in ways other sorts of places haven't been able to replicate. And you you mentioned Launch Fishers. And I remember when Launch Fishers started Mm -hmm. with, like, gosh, it was 2012 when I first started covering local government. And I think the city kicked in (laughs) $400,000 to remodel what is now the Ignite Space in the lower level of the... uh, of the library now they're in their beautiful yeah. big building over uh, in technology way yes uh, but I, I i know what the mayor's vision for that was when he was the town manager at mm-hmm. that time and that is to grow your own businesses rather than constantly having to attract sure. people from the outside and uh, if you've had any challenges it's finding the businesses that grow space and fisher so they can stay here that's exactly right um and that's where again we try to be unique in some of our incentives with master leases that we've done um so taking that traditional real estate issue out of the business decision um, process for some of these companies by providing them um a shorter lease term and the flexibility of the, if they hit a certain headcount and they relocate within Fishers, they don't have any sort of penalties for leaving early. Um, so that's something that we've had a ton of success in. We get calls all the time about, hey, do you have any space that's becoming available that we can get plugged into? Because it's something that is, it really is a game changer for a lot of companies. And the IoT lab, as I understand it from John Wexler, is nearly full. Yes. And that was just instituted a year ago. ago. Yeah. They had their big open house. Mm -hmm. I was there for that. And uh, that's actually a a statewide endeavor. It is. And uh, now you're running out of space. That says something right there, doesn't it? Yes. there are um, well. Let me put this at you. You mentioned we talked earlier about how sometimes the first pitch isn't the one that's taken. I remember the mayor telling me when he was first pitched the idea about the yard. Mm-hmm. I think he said I said no to the to the developer three or four times. Yes. So well, the yard you see today was not the yard that was pitched. 
Absolutely. Initially, and then what, what and this, I find this interesting, when people comment around the community, some people say, well, now the yard's not what you pitched it to be, but you can also say the yard is a lot more than was first pitched. Yes. Now you've got a parking garage, you've got residential areas, you've got a hotel. Uh, so it's a lot more true yeah. than was uh, originally pitched. So so talk about the yard, because we now see it under construction. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us when we'll start seeing some restaurants. Sure. So um, we actually just had a meeting with Thompson Thrift recently, and we were going through the committed tenants and people at lease, and there are 15 different restaurant concepts that um, have either signed or, in, or at lease. Um, I think that there were six kind of regular retail shops that were um, there. So you hit it on the head that the perception of, well, there aren't, it's not all restaurants. Um, it is a lot more. So Blush Boutique is, uh, or not Blush Boutique, uh, Blue Peppermint is going to be relocating over there. Um, there's a lot of local amenities that are going to be important for the the residents of that multifamily building. But then again, something that when you go to a restaurant there, if you go to Sun King um, and go to the tap room and then go to the culinary accelerator building, you want thing, something else that you can walk around and go into and, and enjoy. So I think it only adds to the vibrancy of it. Um, so the, I, I'm not sure of the timing for the multifamily building and the parking garage, but I do know that Sun King and our accelerator are supposed to be opening in September or October. So, oh, so it'll be this year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so when you drive down 116th street, the building that has the angled roof, that's a little bit in kind of in the middle of the development, that's Sun King's building where our accelerator is going to be located. Yeah, and then the accelerator, that's going to be available to chefs who are willing to experiment. That's a whole mm-hmm. idea, right? Yep, absolutely. So, you see different things coming in and out of there. Right. So there will be three different bays for um, chefs, um, aspiring restaurateurs to be able to come in, test out their concepts. Um, and then do it in an environment where then they also get some sort of um, coaching from other restaurateurs about this being successful running a restaurant because it, it is a challenging industry. Uh, most people in this area who know anything about real estate or investment, they know Browning Investments. Mm-hmm. Browning Investments has decided to come into uh, downtown Fishers near the municipal complex on both the north and the south sides. Mm-hmm of 116th street uh that's just been announced so when will we start to see construction there so the south side with first internet bank they're tearing down the buildings right now demolition is underway and should be done within the first week of march um as long as there isn't some other weird snow system that comes through well, that's a, what was weather dependent right yeah. right um but the plan is that construction will start on the office building um this spring or late spring early summer so i've heard anywhere from august to to september as that projected start um on the north side the city is still negotiating our project agreement with browning investments and they're partnering with crg um, on the multifamily and retail on the north side so um we anticipate that project agreement coming before city council in the next couple of months um so Browning Investments is the master developer of both the north and the south side, but they were two separate project agreements. Um, and then the hotel on the south side next to First Internet Bank, I imagine that will probably, um, I, I think we're hopeful that probably in the next four or five months that that'll start rolling. Um, but we anticipate 
construction pretty much happening on both north and south side of 116th Street, starting with about um, a month or two of each other. I think one of the neater concepts is is keeping some of the older buildings, which is a reminder of the old downtown Fishers. But I've got to tell you, I'm starting to hear from the Tenderloin fans (laughs) because the rumors are all around town that the Nickel Plate Grill is going to close. So could you tell us the story behind that? Um, So the intent has always been the, the, the restaurant building will stay. So it's Lux who owns the Nickel Plate Bar and Grill restaurant itself. Um, The city hasn't been in contact with him to hear in particular what his plans are for it. Um, Those rumors have also reached back to us and um, trying to make sure that we stay on top of that because it is a part of the reason that we want that building to stay there is to to embrace and celebrate the history of of Fishers. So... um, we joked about well even if if in the event that lux takes that concept someplace else it'll be a requirement of a new um, restaurant that they have to have the same tenderloin so <laughs> oh, well uh, there you go i don't know if i don't think that's ever been done in a project agreement before for economic well that you may have some inventive new language yeah, right um, so, so but the, the the basic answer then is that uh, it's it's a private ownership mm-hmm. and uh, they have now the mayor did tell me that those older buildings are have a lot of deferred maintenance they do so i'm assuming that it would probably have to close anyway just uh, to get some of that done in in any event am i correct on yes, that yes yes and so the city has been involved with the tenants on the buildings to the east of the nickel plate bar and grill um, and browning investments has reached out to them and is starting negotiations of um okay here's you have this lease staying here through this construction period um what does that look like and kind of laying out the future with them so it is something that um, browning investments is handling directly but obviously since we are so invested in this project and the project agreement um we're trying to make sure that we stay on top of that as well I'm sure the tenderloin lovers may have to wait a little while, yeah. but uh, you're you're being very optimistic that the tenderloins will be back. <laughs> something, if it's not the nickel plate grill, some restaurant will end up being there with that same sort of concept. As far as I understand, yes, that's okay. the intent. Now, nothing's set in stone, but Correct. that's that's the goal of the city at yeah. this point. Um, what else? Uh, oh yes, uh, I was going to ask you about uh, Form Stack. Yeah. Form Stack's been in the news lately. Tell us about that. Yeah, so they are now on the top floor of the Fort A. Ray building. Um, they have been looking in Fishers for a while. They've um, been a really successful growing tech company in Central Indiana, and um, when the opportunity came about for them to or the that space became available um they expressed an interest in it and worked with the ownership of that building to to get in there so we're super excited um this is another type of really great entrepreneurial company that's seen a lot of success is true to the roots of our city's vision of supporting entrepreneurs and again just adding to the tech ecosystem and and that kind of mid-tier tech companies that we we love to see here I've tried to, you know, bring up some of the major, um, some of the major things that have been happening. Anything you'd like to add before we uh, wrap this up? No, I think that you hit it on the head that the focus this year is jobs and fishers. Um, there will be lots of construction underway with some of these great projects, and um, making sure that we're telling those stories and celebrating them with the community. Obviously the nickel plate trail is a huge economic development driver for us, um, and being able to incorporate 
those planning aspects into the hub and spoke and everything um, through the nickel plate trail and again throughout that whole corridor I think is going to be really exciting to see what develops around that Um, and just trying to improve quality of life for our residents and bring great companies here so that they can have amazing jobs as well. Yeah, the city council unveils some of the concepts for the Nickel Play Trail. My wife is a pretty tough customer, you know. Okay. <laughs> and she said, "Wow, that's really cool." It, so it if you really is. Press my wife. You've 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 done something pretty pretty special. There. Good. We're one glad la- to hear that. One last thing, of course, uh, you mentioned it before. You've been on uh, maternity leave twice, I, I think, have. since you've been on the job here. <laughs> and so you have two little ones at home. I yes. assume the family's doing well. Yes, they're doing great. Um, our daughter is two and a half and our son is actually eight months old today. Um, so it's a busy, busy house. And, um, you know, we, we joked about it coming back from maternity leave and Brandon leaving and our team dynamic changing and why not just throw in a promotion into the craziness? But uh, the amazing uh, part is... But your husband is obviously on board. Yeah, oh, yeah. yes, yes. Um, he's super supportive and amazing. So um, couldn't do this without him and the support of our village who helps with our kids. So we're very fortunate. And um, thankfully, the everybody here at City Hall is... Most people have families, even those who don't have an understanding of work-life balance and the importance of family. So um, I'm very, very blessed with everything that I have. Well, just keep in mind, my twin daughters are not 25. They grow up really fast, yes. so enjoy the time you have Ooh, when they're young. I know it. I'll remind myself of that when my son wakes up about 3 o'clock in the morning tonight. Well, listen, so. I, when you have twins, it's even worse, oh, so you know. So I, you. I, 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 I know can't. what you're talking about. You had the 3 a.m. Uh, yes. Yeah, my wife and I both dealt with that. But congratulations Thank on you. the two additions to your family. And, Thank you. Uh, Thank you so much for for joining me today. Absolutely. Thank you. My thanks to Megan Bumgartner for joining me on the podcast today. This is the Larry N. Fisher's podcast. My name is Larry Lannan. I write the com local news blog from Fishers, Indiana, a suburban community northeast of Indianapolis. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.